Ahoy everybody! Thank you for tuning in to Airborne Entrepreneur! Hi, it's Alex from Mentoring Effect and welcome to my podcast again. I would like to talk about about critical alignment model today and uh, why I chose the model is because I spoke with a few different clients and businesses and I was thinking what will help them the most to understand there is always requirements for structure for some kind of elements that you can connect together and create something uh, huge things that is actually working together uh, ESHYP is a, is a framework, stands for the four dimensions of experience we will find in any situation or any context. For me, it's very important to use this model for my company, for my business. And I was using that uh, model for last two actually businesses that I built up. And it's very useful for in any corporate organizational structure and uh, any leadership team. And uh, we are talking about four dimensions, um, that is environment, structure, implementation and people. In environment is uh, the qualitative aspects of the situation, including vision, values, beliefs, attitudes or any standards, expectations and uh, the purpose of the context we are within. Structure is the quantitative aspect of that situation including the benchmarks for success or divisions of a company or within a team, the product centers, the operations manuals, the checklists, the policies, the procedures and lead measures and the lag measures. And now uh, there is another dimension that is implementation. What actually occurs when, it, when something occurs, how often it occurs, what, who does it or how it's done or when it's done, how they demonstrate they actually done it that means if you have if you have something in your team that you need to implement you need to be able to to evaluate and you need to be able to have some kind of uh, KPIs and able to evaluate the situation and uh, you need to have evidence uh, that it was something done but you need to be able to use structure and be able to compare if that result was done or wasn't done enough or it wasn't good enough. Um, who tracks it down? That means who is responsible? How often is something done or how often you measure? How often you evaluate? Basically, implementation is your how. And the fourth dimension is people. Who is developed? How you're developing your people? What are they developed in, like what areas are they developed? What skills do they have and how, on what kind of skills you need to train them and how actually skills are assessed or how they are developed? What scope is there to go beyond their current abilities or skills? Often are they mentored or not? Or have you actually measured that and what to expect from mentoring? Um, what's expected of them within the mentoring, that means what kind of results you are, you are expecting from your people and also if it's formal or informal. Each of these dimensions has other forces at play, but these are the main areas we would consider when assessing and improving a team or organization 
or any context we find ourselves within is beholden upon each of us to bring the very best aspects of each of these areas to where we find ourselves as a leader. Um, what are the benefits of, uh, of this critical alignment model? I would say probably giving, giving us a model for the best practice. Um, I really use it for best practice in my business to be able to set up the rules, a structure. Of course, you you setting your culture within your company because that is what is attracting people. And you need to be able to measure that. And also you need people that will follow and they will be actually following your vision and they will be happy for the vision that they would like to work with you because of your vision. And those really, those four elements are really connected. Getting anyone involved on the same page and talking the same language. You can always do it through culture and for building up the team. Uh, you need to give all participants one common united focus because if you don't have it, it's really hard to manage or lead a team. Knowing where we are in our, our observation of a client or our team member, knowing where we need to focus and where we are going, knowing where the gaps are or our weaknesses and strengths, all those things, giving model for feedback and growth, that's another thing because you want to be able to tell people to help yourself, uh, help themselves and help each other in the, within the team. It is very important. Uh, critical alignment model, the ESIP model, is looking to establish ideal environmental and structural standards for success. I'm talking about this because people don't understand. There's a lot of people out there, they're starting their business and they are working by themselves. At that stage, I always try to really focus what is my vision as one person, as one person in the business. What is my vision? Where I'm going? What is my plan? What, what, what are my goals? What qualities I want to have and what standards I want to wanna be working in? That means how I want to show up, who I want to be. What are the standards for myself? If you have standards for yourself, you can also set up standards for your company and for your team later on. And basically, there are environmental, environment and structure are two dimensions, and we call them about the line. They are basically before anything is done. What must be in place and done before we act, before we run the business before we invest huge money we really need to be clear on those two things and that's environment and structure and below the line is implementation and people and that's what we actually do those two steps or dimensions are all about the action environment is like a qualitative ideal best practice and structure is qualitative ideal best practice that means you start with environment uh, it's concerned with culture purpose outcomes, qualities of excellence, including values, beliefs, standards for ourselves, expectations of each other. And the second is structure. Uh, that is kind of next move when we are having clear all the vision and purpose of the business we are going to do or the, the purpose of the team we are setting up. And, and the structure is like a next move to the quantitative constructs of the situation. You need to express everything what you want or your purpose or vision everything what you want you need to express in numbers and in you need to create the structure around that 
uh, the, the reality we are examining, the conversation we are having. Uh, it's concerned with benchmarks of excellence. That's actually a big topic. I will talk about that a little bit later. Categories of performance, dimensions of experience, limits of experience, structure of experience, operational documentation. And after that, when you have all these done, you can move to implementation. When we have established what is about the line, we move below the line and we can actually start to do things and look at reality, given the about the line parameters, what actually occurs. It's concerned with um, implementation. It's, it's concerned with actual KPIs, events, actions, tasks, approach to task, habits. And after that, you can jump to people. And for dimension people, only once we have put in place the ideal environmental and structural elements to success, do we move below the line and start doing. And once we are doing, we can now finally look at how people are performing in this environment. It's concerned with discussions, coaching, mentoring, guidance, feedback, a response to feedback, how actually your team is working together and are they really helping each other? Are they actually going to the common common vision or just one common goal? That's why you need to establish or structure and implementation and you need to be clear on KPIs because you need to be able to see where the team is going and also measure that. Those models, we say, start with the outcome in mind. And why I'm saying that, because I said at the beginning, you start to plan your vision your big goals and your purpose. It's that's something bigger and you need to start there to be able to put together small steps and uh, take people with you. The problem is uh, many people start, start out knowing the outcome, but not being clear on what categories of experience they will have to deal with. Be across, master and include achieving this outcome. People give up because they don't know how to organize their thoughts. And their approach to an outcome systematically. And that's the big thing. They have a goal. And when they don't get wins or progress, they give up. Feel disappointed and question themselves. After that is self-doubt and they don't trust themselves and they don't feel motivated. But how could they have succeeded when they didn't know what they, what they would have to deal with? By giving ourselves the best opportunity for success through being pre-prepared for what we will encounter, what looks risky becomes actually manageable. What looks like a mess becomes structured and systematic. This is not suggesting all spontaneity is remote. It's saying the opposite, knowing the lines. To know when you are painting over them is better than painting all over the place, being spontaneous, but not knowing you're taking yourself off track. A benchmark model is very important. And uh, I'm using that in business, in my health, in, uh, in my life, in my relationships, because it's very important. And it's like a, like a second part of this critical alignment model. And honestly, it's uh, within anything we do, there are structural elements. And we need to be clear on to organize our thoughts or our learning, our approach and our choices of actions. We need to have a structure in everything what we do. That's why I'm always talking to people. You need to have a plan. You need to have a structure. You need to prepare your vision, your bigger goal for a year, for 10 years, for five years. 
just to have that end point. And after that, you need to put together the structure. That means you're thinking again about what kind of qualities and benchmarks, what kind of qualities I have to have, what uh, qualities my people have to have around me, what is my purpose, what is the purpose of this goal, when we will achieve that, what, what will happen. You need to start at the end and, and you benchmark afterwards, that means you benchmark and you really need to understand how you want to achieve everything, what you plan in environment, in environment structure, like the, the first dimension. And for example, we, when we talk about health, within health, we could decide on the following structural elements. For example, you can choose uh, four things, food, water, air, exercise. Also, we could decide on the following structure and uh, that will be mental, emotional, physical, spiritual health. Neither is right or wrong, but by knowing in advance our choices when it comes to the dimensions we can play with, we can organize our thoughts, our learning and our approach to increase our effectiveness and our success. You will perform better if you know your structure. The idea of benchmark model is to consider before we start acting, what the dimensions are, what dimensions exist or what we want to actually measure. By doing this, we can be clear that we are across all we need to be concerned with. Rather than hoping, we've got it covered only to be surprised or disappointed later. When looking at business, there are following potential structural elements um, we can work within or you can come up with your own, that's fine. But you can probably use um, for business, for example, culture, divisions, KPIs, people management. These are all force based on ESIP. Or we could decide on the following structural elements and that can be sales, marketing, delivery, administration, finance, IT or legal. Again, neither is right or wrong. It's not about being right. It's about giving our minds the mental flexibility to see something from a structural perspective. And then know within any environment there is more than one way to perceive the structure. This gives us mental flexibility when it comes to studying a challenge or and proposing potential solutions or making big decisions. Benchmarking is a very important tool. It's for us to set the benchmarks, maintain the benchmarks, demonstrate the benchmarks and improve the benchmarks all the time. Then it's for us to show others how to do the same. For me, it's very important to work with clients and uh, actually create the benchmarks for them in their business. Question you, you should or we should question the standards all the time, their usefulness, their purpose, especially when you are in a, in a team and you are a team leader. You should question their usefulness all the time or their purpose and how well they allow the purpose to be achieved. A leader wouldn't simply accept the benchmarks they're told. Find out why they're there, how they work, how they're measured. Seek to understand if they're right measures or whether they can be changed, improved or completely replaced. That's why you are a leader. Never settle for the benchmarks you inherit. Question them. Not to assume they're wrong, but to see how you can add value and improve upon 
what you find. Show others how you do this. Constantly hand over learning onto someone else. I think it's very important as a leader that we are always ahead, that we are always learning and we are always questioning. That means if there is any standard, that if there is any benchmark or if there is any KPI, we need to always access those standards and benchmarks and KPIs or, or any numbers. And we always need to question them. There are always areas to improve, as I said. There is always something to learn about how something is done. Could be done, should be done, or or will be done. Learning ESIP is not a script. It's just what I'm using in my business. It's not I now get what it is. It's I now see it whatever I go. I can see ESIP model everywhere. And it's about becoming faster and more effective at assessing situation and seeing what can be done, improve or enjoy it. It's framework by which we can make decisions, solve problems, change markets, win markets, develop people, give feedback or recruit, performance manage and develop products. It can be used anywhere. It's uh, used it's across all contexts and situations. That's why I decided to talk about that today. It can be used at the most micro level of detail all the way to the most abstract concept or idea. It can be used to drill down into tight solutions or to move up into how a task links to a purpose. When thinking about anything, you can always use this model. I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's true. If you can link it to its purpose, measure how to achieve that purpose, take the steps to achieve that purpose and show others how to do the same, you are leading. And that's why this is the, the, the one and only model I love to start with any leadership training. I hope you enjoyed my introduction to the alignment model and have a lovely day and please feel free to comment or ask any questions. See you next time.